Welcome to another podcast from the BCC team. Our aim is to bring you a message that will help you live a better, more God-centered life. For more information, go to bccweb.com. I just like to watch this uh, baseline video and to see this youth. I really believe that all of them will be like future leaders, maybe in this church and wherever the God leads them. And uh, Luke really does really, really a great job and investing in them. And I re- we really believe in every every single one of them. I just wanted to watch the video on and on, so I will not preach again. But I have to do it this time. <laughs> and I enjoy doing it. And we are in this series, Synergy. We're talking about Joseph. We're looking at his life. And I was thinking this week and in the last couple of weeks, uh, what's, what's with Joseph? I try to have a fresh approach. I try to force myself to not know what happens at the end of the story, to just focus on like until now what happens. And when I look at Joseph, he's in a way one of the most unluckiest guys you'll ever, ever meet in your life. I mean, he grows up in a nice family, many brothers. And then his brothers hate him. They hate him so much, as Pastor Mark taught us, that they, they uh, throw him into a well. And then from that well, he's uh, still sold in slavery. And then when he's in slavery, when he finally gets a bit better, then he's also thrown into the prison again. And when I think of Joseph's life, I see something like this. And again. <laughs> and again. And it continues on and on and on. It seems like once finally his life sort, it's kind of sorted, something happens once again. He's basically left down, let down by the people that he loved, the source of his love and the source of his acceptance. I, I, maybe I should move away from that. <laughs> I, I, try, I try something new, because this is a GIF. I said, why don't I preach using a GIF? And maybe that's something we can bring in in the future. GIF. Yeah, GIF. <clears throat> But you think about Joseph. His brothers and his family were, were the source of his love and acceptance. They are the ones that he felt loved by, accepted by, until they were, he was sold in, sold in slavery. Then in slavery, he got a sort of a status, even though he was still a slave. And the one that was his boss, basically the source of his income and the source of his financial status, let him down as well because he was falsely accused of uh, basically trying to sleep with his wife. So his boss lets him down, his family lets him down, no more love, no more acceptance, no more money, no more anything, and he's thrown into that pit. This is where Joseph is, this is what happened to him until now. It wasn't right, it wasn't fair, but what happened with Joseph is that he always stood for what he believed in. With his brothers, he stood for his dream. Even though he was a bit foolish to say it in that way, there was a certain youthful arrogance in his words, but he stood for what he believed in. And because of that, he had to pay a price. He was, he was thrown into that well. When it came to the port of his boss, he stood for what he believed in. He said, I will not sleep with you. I cannot sin against God. And because he stood for what he believed in, again he was thrown into a pit. It wasn't just a prison, but it was a pit. So that's where he was thrown. Because he stood for what he believed in. And this is what happened to him. Poor him, he does what is right. He, does, he is a good Christian. And yet, bad things happen to him. And maybe some, some of this is our life story as well sometimes. You do what is right and yet, bad things happen. And one of the most common questions you'll ever find is, why do bad things happen to good people? Uh, but I want us to understand that there is a reason for all the things that happen to us. That God is a good, good father no matter what happens. No matter what we're going through, God is always, always 
is there. And the first, the first, few thi- first thing I want us to learn is that Joseph was facing reality. Yeah. We'll be looking between chapters 39 and 41, obviously not with all the three chapters, two chapters, but I want to, I want, I'll look at a few verses and I want us to understand Joseph's attitude in these sort of situations. And first of all, he was facing the reality. Joseph had a winner mentality. He, 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 didn't, he didn't just deny it. The reality was that Joseph was in a pit, falsely accused, seen as an immoral person, when we know that this wasn't true. Imagine Joseph in that, in that pit, somehow let's say that he had a TV, and what he had in the prison, like the lunch break, he was sitting down and he watches TV, and there's this sort of preacher, you know, like so-called preachers that preach like, uh, uh, like everything will be okay, you never go to troubles, and then that preacher says, you need to speak against your situation, and uh, speak against it, and then Joseph just stands, stands up in the middle of the mud in there, and he says, I declare in God's name that I am not in the pit. I believe that the circumstances I am now at the present are not reality. I speak against this pit and command your pit to spit me out into the freedom that I claim. He didn't do that. Imagine if you would, if you would do this in that, in that pit. Then he would open his eyes, all the prisoners around him, and he would still be there. More than that, he would make a fool of himself, of course, because nothing happens just like this. Because sometimes we need to face the reality. Sometimes, even if it's hard, even, even if we go through hard times, we need to face it. We need to understand that even if it's hard, God is still there with us. There is no sort of teaching in the Bible that ever teaches us to say, like, to deny the reality that we are in. We don't deny it. We face it, but we don't deny it. I don't, I don't just pretend that you're not here. I can claim that you're not here. You'll still be here after, you know? It doesn't change anything at all. And it's quite silly if you think about it. And yet many people uh, approach uh, bad circumstances and tough seasons with this idea that I just speak against it. You don't speak against it, you face it. Knowing that God is with you in that situation. Knowing that God will be with you no matter what happens. And this is what having a winner mentality is. No matter how hard it is, I'm going to be there and I'm going to be faithful to God. And this is what Joseph had. He had a winner mentality. He wasn't a victim. He chose not to be a victim no matter what the circumstances were. Even though it wasn't fair. And we need to know that no matter how hard things are in our lives, God is there. will always be there. Even though sometimes we're up, down, up, down, up, down. God will always lift us up as we just saw in that little video. No matter how, how, how deep you fall, God will always lift you up because He is on your side. Yeah. He's on our side, always. And what, what I learned in the short life I've had until now is that no matter how hard it is for us, in times of suffering, there is a depth to God's presence that I don't experience when things are okay, if I can say. I was talking this week at New Wine with Shireen and others that, no, Shireen didn't have like the best past, you know, she suffered a lot and everything. And we were talking and said that there is a certain beauty to God's presence in our suffering that I, I'm never experiencing when things are really okay. You know, when we experience God's presence in the suffering or in tough circumstances, it's like, I was trying to, to explain, it's like drinking water after running for like 10 hours continue without drinking anything. That moment when, when you take a sip of water, it's like, that's so good. Like, when you feel like a wound is being healed in that moment, like, and you experience the healing of God, the, the, it's, it's God's presence in our times of suffering is beautiful and it's amazing. And what I, what I want us to to learn is no matter how hard it is, we face it knowing that God is on our side and we will experience God's presence and the beautiful love and grace that God has for us because that's how you develop, that's how you learn. And this leads me to the, to the second point which says that even in those circumstances, Joseph developed and learned. 
because he, he used the circumstances as a teacher. He, he, did, he didn't just give up and say, okay, well, poor me, I'm, it's so hard for me. And I wanted, I wanted to look at this. The Lord was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever was done there, he was the one who did it, Joseph. The keeper of the prison paid no attention to anything that Joseph in Joseph's charge. Think about this. <laughs> The keeper of the prison paid no attention to anything that was put in Joseph's charge because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it succeed. Joseph learned and developed even in the most awful circumstances in his life. We can learn that no matter what the circumstances are, we should never ever stop developing and learning. In that pit, Joseph developed leadership skills. In that pit, Joseph learned how to deal with people, how to be a team leader, how to administrate, how to do all these things. In that pit, it didn't happen when he was with a ship in his family where he was accepted and loved until he was sold, obviously. But he learned these things in the hardest time of his life. He developed and learned. He never stopped learning. And I myself want to make a life goal for me to always, always learn. I don't want ever to stop learning. I don't want ever to stop developing because that's when I would like cave in, basically, you know. And we, in school, I wasn't at all the brightest student in terms of marks. Even in high school, I was, I almost repeated one full year because of science, like chemistry, physics, this like foreign languages. I'd rather learn Mandarin and Chinese than do physics and chemistry, you know. That's how bad I was. And I don't know how the teachers really had mercy on me and pity on me because like, I was, I was awful. I, first of all, I didn't like it. And because I don't like it, I don't give my all. And then obviously, I wouldn't, I wouldn't understand it, you know. And uh, I had to repeat the year. In the Bible college, I liked it, but I wasn't the top student either. But I, in all these things, even though I wasn't the best student, I never stopped learning. And there is a difference in this, because I made it a life goal to always, always learn, always, always develop. I remember when I was younger, I was playing table tennis. I was a young teenager. And uh, I'm like, by nature, I'm, I'm quite competitive. I like, to, I like competition. And I went to this tournament after weeks of training. It was, a big, it was the biggest tournament I have ever played. And it was on the national base, so it was quite big, you know? So I went there ready. I have my favorite bat. I was ready. I was there at 9 in the morning, uh, training, everything. And then I started the first game. And there was this ref. So I played against my opponent. I win the point, and then the ref says, well, he's got a point. And I was like... No, he doesn't. I want the point. It's obvious. Because you no, know, in table tennis, it's quite easy to understand. You win or I win. It's not like, it's, not, it's easy to understand if someone wins the point. But the ref said, no, he got the point. And what I did then, <laughs> I, I did what every teenager does at my age. In Brave, I started to cry. <laughs> and I started to cry. Because the unexpected happened. I was winning. I was the, I was the better player between me and him. And the other ref Gave him the point. That wasn't fair. It wasn't right, and I couldn't bear with it. Even more than this, in my mind, I thought that the ref is re- a relative with my opponent. It's like, <laughs> I really thought this, really. It's like, it's, it's like so silly now that I think about it. Because all these things went through my mind. And from being, having the winner mentality that I came with, all of a sudden, I became the victim. And what I did, I stepped away from the table table tennis. I went and I was angry. I went against the wall. I said, it's not fair. It's not right. Why did you do something like this, man? It's not fair. How could you? It's like you, you wrecked my world, you know? <laughs> stuff like this. And I was crying. I was angry. And I was kicking the wall and stuff. And then my, uh, my, coach, my, my coach comes and says, like, you are right. It's not, it's not good what happened. It's in just, but are you going to just 
leave it like that. And he told me some words that you always hear in sports. Uh, ever. It's like, if you want to be a winner, you need to learn how to lose. I've heard this so many times before, but it didn't make sense until then. When he told me that, I was like, that is true. And all of a sudden, I lightened up. So I went back to the table, apologized to the ref for thinking that he's like, no. <laughs> and, and I played and I, I won the game. because I, I, I got angry because it was just the beginning of the game and he gave him the point. But it proved that I was much better than my opponent. But if I wouldn't have went back to the table, gone back to the table, I would have lost that game. Because what we do sometimes is when the unexpected happens in our lives, when things that we don't expect happen, we just give up. We go in our little corner and just, oh, poor me, is unjust. Why did this happen? I never go play. I didn't want to play in that competition at all. Not because of, I lost the point, but because it was unjust what happened to me. I, did, I wanted to give up on everything. And that I didn't. I went back. Because if I stopped developing and learning that moment, I would have never went as back as I went in that tournament. And as it happened, I beat every single guy in my group, and there were just the last four of us. I did not win the tournament, but the guy who won the tournament is called like me. Like, first name is Vlad, surname is Cholan, which, in a way, I am the winner anyway, right? <laughs> <laughs> he actually is called like this, which was amazing. And he did win everything. He became the sixth uh, in our country, so that, that's quite cool. I'm happy for him. <laughs> But, but, but the lesson that we learned from Joseph is that even this was unjust. It shouldn't have happened. He didn't go in his little corner pity himself. Oh, poor me. I was faithful to God, and I didn't sleep with the boss's wife, and I was always faithful to my brothers, loving my father, and yet all these things happened to me. I am a victim. The whole world is against me. It's not right. Let's cry together. Let's make a pity party, and let's just be there. No. In those, in those circumstances, Joseph developed... In those circumstances, Joseph learned something. As I learned in that tournament, that it's okay to lose. And I won and I gained more than anything else. And it's true that in that moment, I learned how to lose. Because my pattern of learning until then, in terms of table tennis, was victory after victory after victory, tournament after tournament. That's how I was learning. I was used to winning. I could not bear defeat. I said, no, why would I ever want to lose? It's like, loser and stuff like this. I don't want to lose. <laughs> and that, that loss in, in uh, the last four, I, I, learned, I learned something, that it's okay to lose. And I learned that even defeats in our lives and bad circumstances are some of the greatest teachers. Even the injustice that happens in our life is a great teacher for us. And I learned to have a winner mentality no matter what the circumstances are. And this is what Joseph did. He was in charge of every single prisoner in, in there. Imagine that you get a prisoner and making the, the, the leader of the prisoners. Even more than the, as a boss, you, you don't pay attention to what your employee does. Imagine that, those of you who have people under you. Imagine, wouldn't you like an employee like this? Man, you just trust, you know he's doing his job, you know he's good at it, you don't pay attention to anything. Because Joseph didn't stop learning, even if the circumstances were against him. And we need to do this. No matter how hard it is in our lives, we should never ever stop learning. We should never ever stop developing. In the moment when you stop learning, and you basically make a pity party, and just cry until your, your eyes are dry, you're not learning anything. It's okay to cry, I'm not saying it's not. But I don't cave into that victim mentality. Yes. I don't just stay there forever. There is a next step for me, you know? I want to move on. And when, when I speak to people about my past, every single time it happens, they're sorry for me. And I understand, I, 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 it's, it's genuine, you know? Growing up in the orphanage, left when I was four, abusive family, you know, the best story for a book, if you want. Uh, but for me, for me it's, I never perceive it like this. For me, it's, it was okay. 
I, 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 didn't, I didn't mind. I don't mind what happened to me. And I will never ever want to change anything that happened. Because I learned things and I developed. And God was on my side. Yeah. I'll never pity myself. Even when I was in the orphanage, I was never a victim. I tried, to be honest. Because I saw my friends, they were always crying because their parents left them and stuff. It's like I tried. I, I forced myself to feel sorry as well. And that is true. And it's, I, 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 I just can't. It's like, I cannot change the situation. I didn't choose to be left. Sometimes the, cho- the, the choices that you don't make in life will affect your future a lot. I didn't choose to be left, left by my parents. I didn't choose to be born in that family. I didn't choose that my father would go in prison for so many years. I didn't choose that my mother would, mother would like sleep around. I didn't choose this. And yet there I was, but I faced the reality. And I didn't have a, a, a victim mentality. And I developed and I learned. Because if I, if I cannot change it, it means that God is in control of everything. God is on our side, and he'll always be on your side. No matter what happens, he knows what, what, what you're going through. And if you didn't choose to be in the season that you're in, it means that God is in control. He either allowed it or whatever he did, he's still in control of everything. So no pressure. I have a winner mentality no matter what. I will develop and I will learn, and I will never ever give up, no matter how hard it is in our life. We need to understand what our reaction to, to the unexpected is. Some, you know, if you think about Joseph, things would have been so much different if he started to be a victim for the rest of his time in that prison. It would have been so much different. He wouldn't have been the leader of the prisoners. He wouldn't have been trusted. He wouldn't have had a good image. He could have just wrecked it all yeah. if he didn't choose to have a winner mentality and develop and learn. And sometimes negative people are like this. When things happen, when the unexpected happens, when you're in a situation that you... You'd rather not be, let's say, when, they, when you feel like everything is against you, all of a sudden you become negative, pessimistic, like, oh, poor me, I can never do this. Why did this happen? And you always voice it out. And you just, when you go in a group and you, you're negative, like the whole world falls down. I, I used to be like this even when I was younger. If I was lo- losing at a game of cards or stuff, I'd like, oh. And you could feel it with my friends. I was the weak link, if you want. Because I would wreck in the atmosphere. <laughs> when I was sad, bam, everyone's like in a funeral, you know? <laughs> so, and and, and, and that I used to, and negative people tend to be like this. But negative people will never develop and learn. Because all they do is to drown in, in their own tears. And they ask, why, is there, why isn't anyone trying to save me from drowning? Well, man, stop crying, you know, because there, there will not be any tears after, so I can walk after. And again, I don't mean it's, it's bad to cry. Okay? I, I know, I hope you understand what I mean. I don't live in that, uh, in that situation forever. I do, I choose, no matter what happens to me, I'll have a positive mentality. I see it from a perspective that is a good one. No matter what comes to me, I'll choose to learn from this. If, if I don't have stuff as it happened in my past, I choose to learn from this. I choose to learn more about God's character. If when I lack food, God provides for me. When I lack love, God is love for me. When I don't have parents, God is my father. God is my brother. Jesus is my brother. Everything. We choose to learn from all these circumstances. And we'll never ever stop learning and, and developing either. The next one was that even in this situation, Joseph chose to serve. He says that, the captain of the guard appointed Joseph to be with them, so the I mean the, the cupbearer and the baker of the pharaoh, and he attended them. They continued for some time in custody, and one night they both dreamed, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt who were confined in the prison, each his own dream and each dream which he, with its own interpretation. When Joseph came to them the morning, he saw that they were troubled. He saw that they were troubled. 
So he asked the Pharaoh's officers who were with him in custody in his master's house, why are your faces downcast today? The people that he was in charge of in the pit, remember, everything is in a pit, slave, unfairly uh, thrown into, into the prison. Even there, he chose to serve the people. And sometimes what we do is, when it's hard for us, I say, okay, guys, I'm the, I'm the one who needs to be served. Why don't you bring, like, the grapes and stuff and just serve me? You know, I, I, I am the one that feels bad now. But Joseph didn't do this. He could have. He could have. Because it was unjustly, unjustly there. But he chose to serve the people. He knew that there's something happened to those two guys. Because he lived with them every single day. All of a sudden, in that morning, he saw that something changed. Their faces were downcast. He said, guys, what happened to you? Is, can I do anything for you? And then, of course, they said that they had a dream. And, and, and what Joseph does is to serve them. He cares about them. And in our trouble, in our tough times, when everyone lets us down, we should never stop serving. Serving the people around us, serving our family, our kids, God, the church. We should never ever stop serving. This is what Joseph did. This, this was his attitude, even when it was really, really hard. Yeah. And sometimes when it's hard for us, remember, do not give up. Do not just go into the, again, if I can call it, victim mentality. Step up. Step up, because it is possible for us to serve people. And you saw what Joseph did. He was amazing, and we'll, we'll see a bit later. But this is a short one. No matter, no matter how hard it is, we serve people unconditionally. If there is a need, I'm there for them. He didn't only care for them. He didn't only was sympathetic with them, but he also served them in terms of his gifting. Because Joseph developed his gifting in the pit. Dreams interpretation. And he did it. He served them as well. His character was formed in the pit, and then he showed it to them, care and compassion. He served them in his gifting, and he served them with his own heart. And that's what we do. No matter what your gifting is, and you do all have giftings. I hope we made it clear for so many months and years now in this church. We all have gifts, and we can all serve within our gifting. And that's what Joseph did. He cared and used his gifting from God, so I'm here for you guys. We're all in the same situation, but I'm going to step up and I'm going to serve you as well. The, 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 the next thing he did was that he was envisioning the future. Because he says, so he interprets the dreams, uh, everything is cool, and then Joseph says to them, only remember me when it is well with you. And please do me the kindness to mention me to the Pharaoh. And so get me out of this house. For I was indeed stolen from the land of the Hebrews, and here also I have done nothing that they should, should put me into the pit. Now think about these words. Remember me. Mention me. Sorry, this shows me that Joseph envisioned the future. Even though he was facing the reality, even though he didn't deny the reality, he didn't accept it. There's a difference between facing it and accepting it. He didn't become part of the furniture. In his mind, from this world, you can see that he was always hoping and believing that one day he would get out of that pit. He took the opportunity in that moment to say, guys, remember me. I I didn't serve you for something, but when it is well with you, could you please remember me? Because I know that Pharaoh can get me out of this pit. And he said, I envision the future. I know that the, where I am, it's not, my, it's not my forever. The present reality, no matter how hard it is, is just a season. That's why I said it's a season of distress, if you want. It's a season to pass. In, at New Wine, the rain passed. Everything changed. But when it was there, oh, it was awful. Rain, wind. <laughs> During the night, I was like, I thought that my tent would just fly away, and I said, I said to my girlfriend, last night I thought that I will, the, the wind would take me and the tent away, and she's like, <laughs> she's like, that's impossible, because no wind can take you up. 
<laughs> then I said, yeah, that's a fair point. <laughs> I was the one holding the tent, not the pegs. <laughs> but, but sometimes we need to understand that the rain, we know that the, no matter, even in weather, in the natural world, no matter how much it rains, you know it will stop at some point. It is absolute truth. And it's the same for our circumstances. No matter how hard it is for you right now, you know for sure that it will end. When and how, I don't know. But we know for sure that it will end. And when we're in this circumstance, we envision that future. Because when we envision that, we do not become complacent to the present situations. And Joseph always had this sense of urgency in his heart. So I know that I'll get out. I'm serving, I'm facing the reality, I'm developing, I'm learning, but I don't make this my forever house. I know that I'll step out of this. And sometimes what we do is that sometimes we become complacent to our own circumstances. It can be either success or distress, both of them. We can compl- com- become complacent to either of them. And when we become complacent to those situations, we never think of what comes next. Because, okay, this is my house. I'll, I'll live in this, on this platform forever. I don't envision what happens in the car park. This is what we sometimes do. And be- when we become complacent, we no longer think about the future success that awaits us. Joseph, he was in the waiting room, if you want. He, he wasn't in the bedroom. He was in the waiting room. Something was about to happen. Yeah. Something different was about to happen. He knew that it would happen. He didn't know when. His heart was there. Please, guys, mention me. Remember me. Like, don't forget me. Even though I like it here, I'm the leader here. I'm successful here. Because he was. So still, I want to get out of this place. And when we are in this circumstance, we, again, don't take the victim mentality. We don't just accept it. We, don't accept, we face it. We don't accept it. We face it, but we don't become part of the furniture. We don't become one with our circumstances. Knowing that God is on our side. And we need to always... That, that's what Joseph... He, he had a very high raised level of urgency. Like, I want to get out. I'm going there. A very low level of complacency. And we need to do this. And success will come in, in those moments where I don't, I don't become complacent, but I, there's an urgency in me. It's like, I know it's hard, but I'm going to serve. I'm going to do all these things in the hope and belief that one day I'll get out. And we know that he did. We know that God was with him as well. So the other thing was that he was patient. He says, uh, so basically... Uh, the Pharaoh restored the chief cupbearer to his position, yet the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. Oh man. After two whole years, Pharaoh dreamed. So these are the, the words. So Joseph serves the people faithful, and therefore you men, I'll never give up. Remember me if you can when it is well with you. And then said that the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. Just to emphasize that we make sure he forgot him. No, did not remember, and he also forgot them in the same time. <laughs> That shows patience, because it says after two whole years, he served the people, he gets out of the, the, the pit, and then there is a gap of two years where Joseph is still there. And this shows us the patience he had. Probably he continued to develop and learn, I'm sure. He continued to be the leader. He continued to be the guy that the boss trusts. But there was a gap of two years. We don't know exactly what happened, but we know that he was surely patient. And sometimes for us, in our circumstances, we need to be patient as well. Even if we don't understand, when God makes promises, when people make promises, just wait. Be patient. You know it will end. And this is an interesting trait of Joseph. The leader, the charismatic guy, the cool guy, he was patient. And that is sometimes hard to do. And I just want, after two whole years, that's when Pharaoh dreamed. And this leads me to the other point. It says, Joseph made the most of every opportunity. Yeah, Joseph made the most of every opportunity. After two whole years, 
Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they quickly brought him out of the pit. So Pharaoh has a dream as well. And the guy that was the cupbearer said, oh, wait a second, I knew a guy that he interpreted my dream after two years. And then said, why don't you call him? Because he did it to me. He might help you as well, Pharaoh. So Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they quickly brought him out of the pit. And that's interesting now. When he had shaved himself and changed his clothes, he came before in Pharaoh. He came in before Pharaoh. He was ready. He was prepared. Joseph could have said, no man, but I'm in prison. I know it's not you sending me directly, but it is because of because you are the boss anyway. So why this injustice happened to me? I'm not going to help you. I, like, I'm the, he was the only one who could interpret Pharaoh's dream. But he could have said, no, I don't want to do it. It's not right. So now, now I'll, I'll, I'll have my revenge. You should be tormented by this dream for the rest of your lives. I'm not going to help you. But he didn't do this. He shaved. He was ready. He made most of, the most of his opportunity. And when opportunities come in our lives, let's, let's like shake off any pit smell, shave, wash, and go there in the Pharaoh's presence, making the most of that opportunity that is presented to you. And the truth is that no matter how hard it is, opportunities will always come. And that is true. With God, you don't need to have a plan B. You be faithful, face the reality, develop, learn, serve people, be patient, and the opportunity will come. Because God always brings us opportunities. I've seen so many times in my life. And I know like in Romania, like, I was with a girl that I used to be her Sunday school teacher in Romania. We were talking yesterday. And she's like, I don't know what to do because all people tell me things and I should do this and that. And I told her, what do you want to do? What do you think that God wants you to do? No plan B. Give all your life to this. And be patient and know that God, as long as you're faithful and do what God calls you to do, He will, he will come. He'll open doors. He'll bring opportunities. And then you'll be ready. You will be ready. And us, we have to always be ready. No matter how hard it is, a door will open. That is absolute truth again. It will happen. You've seen so many times in the Bible, and you see it with Joseph. He made the most of the opportunity. Last point, he was proactive. He took initiative. Because he says in Genesis 4.32, Now therefore, so basically in front of Pharaoh, interprets the dream, that's his job. And he could have said, okay, I've done my job, let's go back to the pit. Or whatever, give me whatever I deserve. He could have asked for something from Pharaoh. But he goes to the next step, says, I interpreted your dream, now therefore I'm proactive. Now I take initiative. Pharaoh, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? Because this will happen. Because I think about your good and the good of the country. And what is interesting is that Joseph described, that the man that Joseph described as being the, the, the right person to take over whatever was going to happen in Egypt was basically his own character. A man who is a good steward, Joseph in the prison. A wise man, Joseph in the prison. Someone that knows how things are run, Joseph in the prison. A leader, leader of people. Someone that you can put him in charge and don't worry about the job because it will be done. And that's what happened. He was proactive. Yeah. Sometimes we just only want to do our job. But we need to take initiative. I was speaking with the youth yesterday. Like I, when I said to someone, when you go a bit older and you have people that you lead, you see how beautiful it is for someone who takes initiative. Someone who is proactive. But I don't have to tell you, oh, let's do this and that and that. Please, could you just see there's a, there are people just sitting on their little pillow or everyone or setting up the tents. Like, but what can I do? It's like, you know, there's a big tent raising up. Why don't you just move a bit, you know, and do something? But Joseph did this. He didn't just do his job. 
He said, I have an, I have an advice for you. And I know that Pastor Mark's story is quite similar, and, I, and I'll go through it again, but that, that, that's, that's one of the first things I learned from him. Like, when something wrong happens or at work, and everyone wants to pass the blame because this is what happens, you know? You, you come to your boss, and you bring him three solutions. You don't, you don't just say, well, I didn't do it, or he did it. I have a solution for your problems. And sometimes we need to do this as well. If it's at work or in your family, don't just point the finger, but bring the solution. Joseph could have just pointed the finger. The fat cow is this, the skinny cow is this, it's going to be a famine, you're all going to die if you don't do something about it. And I go and going back. But he didn't say, but now therefore let Pharaoh appoint a man, take seven years, and he come with such an amazing plan. And then we know that he was raised up. So take initiative, be proactive. No matter how hard it is, when you make the most of the opportunities, don't just don't just be on the maintenance mode. Take initiative and go to the, the next level. And the last one, Joseph applied all his experience. The experience that he gained where? In the pit, in the prison. From the prisoner, he became the prime minister. From the prisoner, he became the prime minister. Because he never caved in to that pit, if you want. Never ever caved in to the cave. He, made them, he faced the reality. He served the people. He developed and learned. He was patient cared about them, he made the most of the opportunities, he was proactive, and then finally, he became the second after Pharaoh. Such a journey. And this was Joseph. <laughs> and yet, God every time lifted him up. And again he fell, and God lifted him up. God's favor was on him whenever he fell, God's favor lifted him up again. And this is our life story as well. You know, that every time you will fall, God will be on your side. And you need to always be ready to serve. All your experience that you have in your past, you apply it, and I'm going to serve the people. I'm going to give advice. I'm going to be not a, not a victim, but a winner, a victor, a conqueror, because I know that God is on my side. God's favor is on our side, because he, we are his children. He'll always take care of us. So, uh, Jay, come. And uh, while we, I guess, sing a song and play a song, I just want you to think about this. Joseph was always facing everything that came against him, and he didn't cave in. He never gave up. And God opened doors and made, brought opportunities, and Joseph did make the most of every single one of them. Because Joseph knew who he was in God, and Joseph knew who God was. He wasn't more special than any of us, but he had a close relationship with God. And no matter what the circumstances were, his relationship with God was still close and tight, and he would never ever give up, knowing that God also would never ever give up on him. Okay, amen.